Welcome, welcome back, my mafians. Hello, AJ. Welcome, everyone. We are in for a uh, education lesson today. We're going to go into a little bit of too clever uh, history. We are going to um, uh, lead this off with what I call the tech disruption, which uh, part one is going to be instant communication, which we're going to talk about. And this kind of started because my grandkids came to me and they said, they said, Papa, Grandpa, I don't, yeah, usually they call me Papa or Grandpa or whatever. And they said, you know, we were having a discussion and the, the beepers came up and we, it, it came out that basically beep, they didn't know what one was. They didn't know what a beeper was or a pager or anything like that. And I said, wow. I said, you know, that that's kind of a, um, a to me, that was a surprise. I mean, I did, you know, you, as generations go on and as you get older, you, you, you don't realize how the younger generation just doesn't know, just doesn't experience it. And you, you kind of have to look at it, it. It's difficult sometimes to look at things through someone else's eyes who's younger and doesn't have that experience because you've, you've progressed along the way and learned things and stages. And, and then looking back at the younger generations, they haven't experienced those things and you know, they will, but they haven't experienced or they'll experience a whole different path, but they just don't know. They just don't know the information. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, as you get older, you do a lot better around Jeopardy uh, because you've just kind of been around the block. And, uh, you know, I do a lot better now. Mrs. Mafia does 10 times better than me on Jeopardy. But either way, you, you kind of learn as you get older. So I think, you know, considering me at my age, I, I feel like I should be smarter than I am, but uh, I, I'm not. So, but either way, we're going to go into it a little bit and uh, um, a little bit of history today. So, you know, this is for entertainment purposes only. Of course, AJ wants me to put that little disclaimer in there, but this is my recollection. Um, if I'm off on a date here or there, you know, excuse my memory, but it's going to be pretty much um, a little bit of an education on some of uh, some of the tech that's around today. You know, we're going to go back and kind of, uh, go over some of the older tech and then kind of where we are to today's what they call smartphones and cell phones of the modern day. So I'm going to dive right in here. And uh, so, you know, mobile tech, really, what we was originally developed back in 1940s, what we, we kind of mobile calling, if you want to call it that, uh, we'll say. But the first public cell phone actually ended up uh, first public cell phone call was way back in 1973. A group of inventors kind of went through it, and I'm not going to go into too much detail. These are all kind of separate book book reports. If you wanna, if you wanna look them up and get more details, but um, and then roughly in like 1979, satellite phones des were were designed originally for uh, safety at sea, which was really the first system. And back in uh, 1983 was really when the first consumer cell phone was sold. Did you know that, AJ? So, so the, you know, the history for mobile calling or the technology behind mobile calling goes way back to the 40s, but when it really hit mainstream was in the, the early 80s. That's, that's what to remember here, folks. That, that's the main point. So early 80s, was, and then the first consumer cell phone, uh, do, you, do you know who developed it, AJ? No? Take a guess. I mean, if you think back, mafians, take a guess. I'll, I'll give you a couple of seconds here, like, like we're playing Jeopardy. But no, nobody. My, a couple, oh, I think you got it right. Okay, so it's Motorola. Motorola was the first 
cell phone, and it sold for $3,995. And that was in 1983. I mean, that was the price of a Buick probably back then. That's crazy. But, uh, yeah. So Motorola, who came and went in the, in the business, and I think they're still around, but they're owned by, I don't even know who they're owned by. Are they owned by Google, probably, or Microsoft? or I, I don't know. But anyway, you can look that up. But in the 1990s is really uh, when kind of that instant communication started. Because in the 80s, you know, you, late 80s, people start getting those, what they call bag cell phones, where cell phones were in a bag, and then you got really horrible reception, and it was like $9,000 a minute if you were to talk on it. Forget about texting. There was no texting really back then. But, it, you know, what happened was they that instant communication with the cell phones that came around in the 80s, you know, mainstream couldn't afford it. And, you know, the regular consumer couldn't afford a $4,000, you know, Buick cell phone. Uh, so they had technology kind of developed and ended up coming up with pages and beepers and things like that that you, you use. If you were living in the 90s, you would have noticed, you know, first the doctors would have them. And unfortunately, the drug dealers ended up with them. But uh, that was the, the connotation back then. If you had a beeper, you were you were selling some dope, you know. But uh, not the cool dope. You were selling dope, bad stuff, or, or something else. I don't know. Um, but that decade started the revolution for pagers. And it started out with a regular, uh, a Canadian company, actually, called RIM, Research in Motion. Motion who makes, eventually makes back Blackberries, but I'll get to that. Um, they started the two-way paging, kind of in a clamshell device, where you can you can type a little message and then you can send it to someone and then they can, you know, if they had a similar device, they could send it back to you. Um, but with regular pagers, what you would do is you would dial a number uh, before they got too fancy. You would dial a number, you would call that person, you hear a little beep, and then you would key in the number you want them to call them back. And then eventually, we, you know, people developed little codes and then, you know, 911 call me an emergency if I put that in there or whatever it was. And then you develop little codes and then people will call them back. And you would generally, if you're out and about, you would have to go to a pay phone, right? Because you didn't have a cell phone. So you pull over, you get to a pay phone, you put your quarter, your dime, your nickel, whatever it was in the pay phone, you make your phone call and you call a person. And that was communication. That was, I mean, it was slow because, you know, you could always say you didn't get the page if you didn't want to talk to the person back and you don't get that delivered message like you do now on your smartphone when you send a text message but and uh but again research emotion ended up coming out with this two-way device where you could send a little short message i forget how many characters was back then and it was um but it was also became very popular again with doctors and emergency personnel because um that that instant communication a doctor was off the clock they needed help at the hospital they get a page they show up right right aj so but then eventually Every teen and every adult had a beeper, a pager, and they ended up coming in all shapes and sizes with different ringtones and all this other kind of stuff. And um, kind of, a, I mean, on a smaller scale as far as the technology goes, it's a lot like what we see today with today's modern-day smartphones. So that was kind of the pages. But by the end of the 90s, um, the pages were kind of on their way out. Um, it was a very uh, cheap to pr produce, and you would pay a monthly fee for this pager. Um, and I th at times, I think it was low as like a dollar a month you'd pay, and you would get, you know, this paging service. And but in the '90s, at the same time, over in Europe, they were developing uh, a system called GSM, which was I, I think it stands for like the Global 
I don't know. I'm going to say global system for mobile communications, but I'm probably wrong. It sounds right, but I'm probably wrong. So, uh, and then those required a little SIM card, a little card to be put in your phone to kind of complete the circuit in your phone so you can make phone calls. And your no, your phone number was stored on that little little card so you can kind of put that card in any phone and then boom, you're activated on that that network for that tower kind of completed the circuit. Um, and then they would sell them prepaid. They would, you know, you could go to a convenience. And this is mostly in Europe. You could do all of that. And But in the U.S., you know, a couple of countries, uh, a couple of companies got together back then and they decided which turned out to be not not the right thing but back in the 90s they decided that the u.s is going to go a different route they're going to use a different technology not the gsm technology they're going to use something called cdma uh which was their standard and over the next 10 years or so um, the U.S., uh, they tried real hard to make CDMA the signal of choice, but it just didn't work because you had a lot of the influx from GSM. You had a lot of, uh, you know, the ability to just use a different phone where on the CDMA, and this might be getting boring for you, AJ, I don't know, but on the CDMA, you basically had to go through your phone provider, give them your, um, your in essence, your serial number of your phone, and that's how you had to connect. So you couldn't just kind of switch on the fly if that's what you wanted to do. And, uh, you know, the real tech people, you know, I, also you, you, you had to kind of stick with the monthly plan as well, where with the GSM, you could buy a card. It would have a certain amount of minutes. You put your little SIM card in there and then you could work your, your phone until the, the you know, until the battery died and that was it. Or until your, um, your minutes were gone or whatever you paid for. So the CDMA really didn't work in the U.S. because as time went on, technology got better. People wanted faster internet. They started doing more things on their phone. And, you know, although there's some debate of whether the CDMA signal is a clearer signal, it just ultimately couldn't handle the volume um, and the speed required as, as things went on. So we kind of shifted eventually away from that. But what happened during the 90s as well was... Um, and, and you'd think this would be a lot earlier because, as I said earlier, in the 40s, if you're paying attention, that's when the first kind of cell phone technology came out. But then after the paging, which was kind of going on in the 90s, or I guess, I guess during the paging, they, the first machine generated uh, uh, SMS, which is, a, a, I think it stands for a short message service. Again, could be wrong, was sent in the U.K., Back, uh, this was December third, nineteen ninety-two. I looked up that date, AJ, but uh, followed in followed by uh, in nineteen ninety-three. Again, this is approaching the mid nineties now. Uh, the first person-to-person SMS was sent, and this was done in Finland. Again, off of uh, the GSM network, um, and then in the, by the mid nineties, people wanted these things. They wanted them. They were very expensive for a monthly service. So a few companies um, really started to invent, you know, what, they took the, the, the GSM model that was in Europe, which was basically a prepaid service, and they started migrating that over to the United States. And the United States then, um, by the late 1900s, um, really there was a lot of prepaid options, so you didn't have a contract. Still very expensive, you know, compared to what today is. I think, you, I don't remember the pricing, but for... 50 minutes a month, you get, you had to pay like $20, $30 if you wanted to talk. But that's, while that was going on, you soon, uh, 
SMS, which kind of took over because it was cheaper. You would get a certain bucket of SMS and it was unlimited character. Well, it was the characters at that time, whatever money you could send. But, um, that was kind of like became the communication method, 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 excuse me, of choice around the young and, and the trends kind of eventually spread, spread across to all ages because it was just, it was cheaper. And it was, if you wanted to be in the know, you, you know, instead of calling and you, you got rid of your beeper, you know, you, and you didn't want to spend $45 to make a phone call for one minute. You, you, you got involved in the, the text message uh, revolution, if you will, of the 90s. But um, then eventually, so we got the text message. Beepers were on their way out by the, 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 ni- you know, the end of the 90s. But another thing that was going on was in 93, uh, something called IBM, IBM Simon was, was, was introduced. And not many people are aware of this, but it was probably the world's first smartphone. Um, you know, it was a, a mobile phone. It was a pager. It was a fax machine. It was a PDA, which was a public, uh, digital assistant. I think again, terminology, I'm not hundred percent, uh, all kind of all rolled into one and, uh, it included your calendar. And if some of you folks might remember, that was a big thing, your calendar, your address, your book had a clock on it, calculator, little notepad function, you could do your email. Um, it was, uh, also had a touchscreen, which was also revolutionary around that time. This was, you know, the mid nineties with a, uh, a QWERTY keyboard. Um, and IBM Simon also had a stylus, a stylist, you know, a little pen that you can use to tap the touch screen. And it featured, uh, you know, if you were typing a word, it would kind of auto spell it for you. And the, it would had these applications or, um, it was at least a way to deliver more, uh, of a featured kind of, uh, 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 I guess, a, a, a you, I guess the application would be like your clock application. It wasn't really crazy applications like you think today when you go into your app store, but it also had a little memory card you can plug in it. I think it was like a, what I read here was like a 1.8 megabyte memory card, which is nothing, nothing. It was like bigger than a floppy disk was. Remember the floppy disks were originally 1.44 megabytes. So again, kind of teching it out or nerding it out or whatever with my, past knowledge but um so anyway the second generation obviously the first generation of anything usually is just a you know we'll see how it works throw it against the wall and see if it sticks right aj but uh eventually it was um available it was available only on gsm networks but eventually it did have to spread to cdma networks um you know and there were different drawbacks the cdma network at the time which was um you know very used the battery a lot more so devices that were on the CDMA network didn't, didn't run as well, but text messaging kind of these smartphones kind of developed with IBM Simon. But then in 99, in 1999, this is when the world changed and the world changed, not because it was becoming Y2K and everybody was prepping their barrels of food for, for the, the, the pending doom of, of the year 2000. But in 1999, the first Blackberry was born. And the BlackBerry device was in itself revolutionary because, um, you know, there was a couple of iterations for IBM before, um, again, research in motion, uh, kind of developed that, but the, it, it was used a special network. It kind of used a, a paging network to send secure emails back and forth and, uh, it, it, it hit the world by storm. Everybody wanted a BlackBerry of any, you know, you could text, 
you know, with a full keyboard, you can send emails. I mean, the apps weren't a, as huge thing, but you can go to websites if it worked because the internet was still pitiful back then as far as speeds go. But then in 2002, the BlackBerry smartphone was born and um, other companies started kind of making the smartphone where they, they entered these, uh, I don't want to say it was a competition, but they entered these these devices into the marketplace I guess it was a competition, right? It's a competition to sell the phone and the device. But the uh, companies like Palm, who was a Palm pilot, came out. And, uh, you know, BlackBerry was just flying high, flying high. You couldn't you couldn't have had a, a better device than a If you had a BlackBerry, you were cool. You were cool back in the late 90s. But ultimately, the demise came for BlackBerry when iPhone showed up. And, um, you know... In, to, to make a long story short, if, if, if I'll do that, because I generally don't, but um, they just couldn't keep up with Apple in the App Store, and the developers spent their time um, creating apps for Apple and Google and really not much for BlackBerry. And at first, BlackBerry kind of spin it off and say, hey, you don't need apps with BlackBerry because BlackBerry is, um, uh, you know, has full web browser capability. But people didn't want to buy it, and, you know, they didn't buy it. So... Because they wanted the apps, they wanted those, you know, kind of reduced version of what I would need to do, you know, on the fly. And if I need to use my computer at home, I'll use my computer at home. You know, where now I think everything is done on your phone mostly. But it's kind of how that that transpired. And then, um, and the speeds on cell phones just again weren't there really for that browsing capability on the BlackBerry, which in part is why apps were created to begin with, to be kind of a like I said, like a crib notes version of 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 the website themselves. But, uh, so in 2008 was when the kind of the first mainstream iPhone hit the, hit, hit the stands, so to speak. In 2008, you had your first iPhone was iPhone, I think it was 2G. You heard about all the G's and all of that, but, uh, so they, they kind of started with their, you know, their, their app store and their phone and, you know, it wasn't, you know, it was an entry level device. It was great, you know, top of the line tech for those days. And then in the mid-2000s, an evolution began with the 3G. You heard the 3G, you probably heard of 3G, and the technology just began, you know, racing at that point. Everybody wanted 3G, and then um, uh, all the major cell phone companies wanted to fine-tune their tech to get the internet working on these mobile devices, and they're dumping billions and billions of dollars into their networks. And by 2009, it had become clear that... uh, the at some point the 3g networks are going to be overwhelmed by the growth and bandwidth and the intensive applications and uh like streaming media you know everybody wanted to start watching uh videos and television on there in the late 2000s so um also this is when most of the u.s fi- uh u.s finally admitted oh it was time to switch over to that gsm they started realizing hey you know europe was on to something we made a mistake we should have stuck with the we should have went with GSM to begin with. We would be a lot further along and wouldn't have wasted billions of dollars on CDMA and other similar technology. But, um, yeah, so that was kind of the big, the big boom there. And then you had 2010 rolled in and you had all the e-readers, but uh, everybody from, you know, Amazon had the Kindle and the Nook and then Barnes and Nobles. And, um, everybody had the, the, all of that stuff with you know, devices started coming out with embedded wireless internet. Apple had announced plans for um, the iPad, which came out later, I think, in 2010. 
So ultimately, and I, I know this can get boring, but ultimately, if um, you know the last ten years, it's been a battle for faster devices, better cameras, better screens, faster Bluetooth, so you can transfer things wirelessly, um, and then just connecting your devices and, and internet to everything, from your thermostat to your front door lights and your indoor lights and all of that. And, um, you know, this is what was called, I guess, the Internet of Things, so to speak, and speed and reliability, uh, which used to be the leading competitive edge for these companies, were, you know, slowly diminishing because these companies started evening, you know, the playing field started get becoming more, more even, you know. You tout you're the best network, but then eventually everybody was the best network. And, you know, most cell phones nowadays are going to work. They're going to be just as fast as any of us need. Um, and, you know, for a long while, uh, the thing, you know, thought process was we, we, we didn't have, when I say we, the, the, techni- the, the tech industry as a whole did, felt they didn't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, like BlackBerry and iPhone did. They, they just worked on uh, making things better seeing the shortfalls of the other companies and, uh, and, and, and improving on them slightly. And then year after year, you know, your iPhone comes out with marginal improvements over next year. And Hey, we got one little extra feature and we're going to charge you another thousand dollars for this uh, device. But it was, um, I, I think now the equipment has become so similar and so, so close to each other. And the companies have become so similar uh, really, I, I think we need another BlackBerry, you know, we need another iPhone invention, you know, what is going to be the next greatest thing that's going to hit the tech industry? Because, you know, you got to look out to the consumers and you got to say, Hey, what, what, what the consumers need and what they want, we've got to give them, you know, we've got to come up. So, you know, this, the engineers are working on, I'm sure, different technologies and ways to make our lives better, uh, as well as ways for those companies to make more money. Because if they're not growing, they're they're dying, you know, as the old the old saying goes. But uh, they really can't live on those coattails of the great companies and the great products that came before them. They need to go out there and reinvent the wheel uh, to to have that future success. You know, you've heard of the 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 five G, and you've heard of um, the 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 technology, you know, 3G, 4G, 5G, and, you know, all the commercials are everywhere in the U.S. And, uh, you know, the U.S. first, the first 5G kind of started back in, uh, I think it was 2019. Uh, they started introducing the the telephone technology for, for uh, 5G. Is it telephone or telephony? I don't know. But, uh, you know, every company's bragging. They're all like, you know, I got the most coverage. I got the 5G first, blah, 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 blah. Nobody cares. Really don't. You know, 5G is just the next version of, of a cellular mobile, mobile telephone standard. So, you know, 5G can, I think, travel, you can use download speeds like one gigabyte per second. Can you believe that? My first computer was two gigabytes, the hard drive. You know, I, I think this was the 90s or whatever. And that would include the operating system, all the programs, everything I had, and uh, two gigs. And now you could transfer one gigabyte per second with this 5G. And what do you need that for on your, your mobile device? What are you doing that you need 5G, tra- 5 gig transfer data? You know, I understand eventually probably we won't have like cable wires coming into the house. Everything will be broadcast from a, 
either a telephone pole or who knows a satellite. I know cell phones come from cell phone towers. I don't think they do satellite cell phone transmissions unless you have a satellite phone. But eventually everything will be outside your home and it'll just be you broadcasting locally and it'll just be kind of a universal thing. You know, I know at home with my home phone, I have a cordless phone, right? And then uh, has different frequencies on it and um, you try to like buy different frequencies and on your Wi-Fi you have your, your, your 2.4 and then your 5, right? I don't know if it's gigahertz, megahertz, whatever. But I know the 2.4 is slower, but I can go further away from it in my home. And on the 5, I can go uh, less. I have to stay closer to get a good reception, but it's faster. So I guess that's how the 5G compared to the 4G, it, you have to be closer to these towers or this technology because it's faster, but you probably have to be closer. So they have to put towers, I guess, in more of a, a closer location from what I understand. So eventually 12G, you'll have a tower in every room. So I don't know how that's going to work. And then you wonder, hey, is this 5G technology healthy? Are these these radio waves frying my brain? What's left of it? I don't know. That's a whole nother, uh, whole nother conversation. We got to kind of, someone's got to figure out because this stuff has got to be safe and uh, makes you a little concerned because if, if, if there's so much money in this and this is the future technology that all these big companies are riding upon, is this stuff really safe? And would if it wasn't, would they tell us? Where they say, yeah, hey, no, we're going to shut off all the cell phones, go back to 2G, because anything above that is, you know, is, is causing horrible, horrible health problems for everyone. You know, would they tell us that? I don't know. I don't know who they are, but I don't know if I can trust them. Right, AJ? Would you tell me? If I said, you know, AJ, uh, we, we got this new microphone, and, uh, you know, I got to use it, but uh, it might cause something, you know, some something in my brain to go screwy. Are you going to, uh, you're going to switch it out to an older microphone that I don't sound as good? You would. Well, I don't so. Okay, well, he said I don't sound good anyway. Well, well that was a bad example, AJ. But uh, once again, that's why you don't have a microphone, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see next season. I think I'm going to require it in your new contract if you get one, you know. Everybody's replaceable, AJ. There's a lot of people looking for jobs out there. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. AJ's job is safe, folks. Don't, uh, you no reason to send in your resume just yet. Unless you bring your own equipment and bring a microphone. So, we're going to take a short break. Uh, this is kind of, uh, we're going to come back with the internet. Okay, so hopefully you enjoyed our little history of the cell phones. If you have any questions, you can always tweet us at Too Clever Mafia. You can... Check out our website, www.twoclevermafia.com. Subscribe to uh, all our social media feeds, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, of course. Leave some comments, folks. Like I said earlier, you know, we need those, uh, uh, was it YouTube and Twitter? Definitely need those. I think a lot of people are signing up for Facebook and Instagram and they're subscribing and liking and chatting, but let's get a balance. Let's get a good potpourri of uh, the social media subscriptions for everyone doesn't cost anything right and um, obviously you can listen to us which you probably are right now on one of the major uh, podcast networks uh, anchor spotify google podcast apple podcast breaker radio public bullhorn and uh, if you'd like to support our 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 site you could always click over on our anchor and hit the, the support button and we'd love to, to um, see all the donations that come in and all the kind words and everybody that's been helping support the channel it's been a real uh, privilege to to uh, be here and answer your questions and really 
um, get the feeling that everybody really is enjoying the stuff that we're putting out there. We're trying to keep a good balance for everyone so there'll be something for everyone. And uh, we will take a short break. We will be right back with our uh, chapter two, if you want to call it. And we're going to go over the internet. This is uh, some hot topics coming up here, but we're going to let's give you a little, little tip. It's going to be a lot about American Online and uh, CompuServe. And have a little bit of little CompuServe chatter going on, right? So uh, play me some outro music, AJ, and we will be right back after this short break. 